And hello, good people of the internet. It is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is, of course, Adventures in Woo Woo. So in this episode, we're going to start with a bit of a vlog. So this is 18mm now, and this is with the new stuff. And then in the main part of the show, I'm going to talk and give a bit of advice around living and surviving as an artist or other creative type person. You know, pay yourself first before you do anything else. And I have to say, that's to me, I think that's terrible advice. In the magic section of the show, I'm going to talk about an idea called Magical Anchors, which should allow you to tap into your magical power at any point, whenever you want, using a trigger. How often in your life have you walked into a room and suddenly you are you know, bombarded with a smell and it immediately brings you back to a time in your childhood? And then at the end, if you're a patron level two or above, you get the extended version of the show, which is an extra 20 minutes or so about um, Liber Null by Peter Carroll, which is a foundational text of Chaos Magic. Pete Carroll, in the first, what page are we? 26 pages of this book has completely disregarded astrology and now Buddhism. So, good for him. So I'm not sure if you noticed, I'm sure you did, because how could you not? But uh, because of the type of aspect ratio that I've been using on these shows, um, it's slightly smaller than uh, 1080 by 1920. It's more cinematic ratio. It's 818 by 10 by 1920. It just, what happens is that my face is very close to the screen, which uh, is no fun for anyone, I assume. But um, the problem is that I don't have a lens that was wide enough to have it at, like say, an arm's distance or whatever and you know have a lot of distance behind me and that kind of thing so it just ends up with a big face but i got a new lens i got a tamron 10 to 24 millimeter up until now my widest angle that i could have was 18 millimeter so this is 18 millimeter now and this is with the new stuff so this is 10 so as you can see much better much better um kind of a space behind me my huge head won't be so huge in frame which is a bonus for everyone so uh, that's good. Always trying to up my game here, so hopefully um, this will, you know, allow me to do a bit more stuff and allow me to fill the frame with some nicer things other than my fat head. Which leads me to kind of a problem I'm having, a more, not problem is probably not the right word, but a kind of discussion I'm having with myself in my head. And that is the fact that because this is both visual and audio, I'm wondering if I'm kind of trying to do too much with it, where I'm, there's stuff that I can't do visually because it just doesn't work on a podcast, and then the stuff that I do visually that doesn't work on the podcast, and it's all a lot, I'll get a, a bit of a mess. Try my best for balance, but then I'd be thinking, maybe that's not the best approach. So one of the things I was thinking of, what if I just dropped the whole podcast element of, of it altogether? And uh, part of me doesn't want to do that because I've been doing like a podcast for a long while. But there's another kind of technical reason why it might be good because of the music licensing that you get. An awful lot of it is just for YouTube. So I'm kind of limited in, what I, in kind of what music and production stuff I can do because of that, because the license doesn't also extend to having stuff as a podcast. So uh, even though the video is on YouTube, if you offer an audio version of that, and then you need a separate license, which is it's just another kind of little annoyance, whatever. But it's a thing in my head at the moment. So what I'm asking is, if you're just a podcast listener and you're not into the video stuff and all that, let me know if 
you want me to continue putting it out as an audio file as well um, because it's you know maybe it's just you know it's a redundant thing maybe it's something that people don't need but a lot of people seem to be downloading it and you know even if you look at youtubers now a lot of them are moving from not just having the YouTube, they're also having the podcast. So I don't know. I'd like to know your thoughts and all that, how it's going being both a visual and an audio sensory theater and uh, whether I should pursue it as that or focus more just on a kind of a visual thing. I don't want to give up the podcast um, totally either because I do enjoy the kind of format of a podcast too, just the audio kind of thing. And if I, I want to leave myself open to having that in the future. So I don't know. It's kind of all these kind of thoughts, but I thought I'd just put it out there and see what you good people of the internet might have some feedback or some inspiration or some sort of ideas around that. If you know of a couple of sites that uh, offer music for both video and audio, let me know. Currently I'm using Filmstro and Keyframe Audio, I think it's called. Yeah, Keyframe Audio. And um, while they're, they're good in very different ways, um, there's, you know, it's limited in its capacity. Stuff like Epidemic, Epidemic, Epidemic Sound have really good music, but they have strict licenses that it's just for YouTube. And though I have emailed and talked to them about a sort of a, a podcast extension, they just haven't got back to me. They kind of stopped halfway through the conversation we were having. Um, but such is life. So if you know any other sites, uh, let me know. And uh, your general thoughts on the whole thing. Thank you. I've been a professional creative for nearly a decade at this point. It depends on what way you want to count it because uh, by professional means you make money out of it but uh, for a long while I wasn't making an awful lot of money out of it so I guess it wasn't so professional. But I've been doing it full time for over a decade at this point. Every now and again interspersed with some other things like uh, teaching some music and stuff like that but that was mostly in the early days. But over the years and over the, my career and over so far I've come across a few things which I think may be of interest to other people either starting out or in some form along the way towards a creative path and that whole thing of turning your passions into profits and uh, things like that. So um, as with all things, take all of this with a pinch of salt. It's only my opinion, it's only my perspective and never let anything I say or anyone else say ever put you off um, a goal that you have or a dream that you want to follow. So let's get into this. First question you should really ask yourself when you're thinking about trying to turn your creative output into a job is do I really want this? And by that I mean as much as you think that having a full time uh, turning your passion from you know like a hobby say or something you do on the side just for fun into your full time job it becomes a job and you have to realize that that a lot of the things that you feel about your current job or previous jobs you are now going to feel about your passion or about your art or whatever it is your creative output and it does change the dynamic a bit and so you have to ask yourself do I want to turn this thing I love into a job and into have all these feelings I have about jobs towards that for me it kind of um, I learned this lesson kind of fairly hard in that um, for a long while I wanted to be a musician well I mean I wanted to be a successful musician and uh, I spent a long time pursuing that and I ended up where it did become a job where I became a sound engineer kind of you know in the same kind of ballpark while I was doing um, you know my own stuff doing original stuff writing songs recording albums all of those things so that was kind of the whole thing had become about music from my passion 
and then work as well because the sound engineer thing as well and what happened ultimately out of all that is I ended up hating music and I hated playing music and the sound engineering in particular just really drilled into my soul <laughs> and uh, my whole love for music went away for a long while so much so that when I stopped being a sound engineer and when I give up uh, teaching guitar and when I give up performing and doing gigs and stuff like that there was a whole year and a bit and a few months where I just couldn't listen to music at all I just the whole thing I had it just become an association where it was just it was just bad and it just made me feel bad and I just didn't want to think about it and so even hearing music made me you know so you know think of how kind of wrong path I had come or how, how no how my love for something had turned into a hate and I really did detest music for a while it came back after a while obviously and I can listen to music now and enjoy it and again a very different level than I would have been when I was like aiming to be a musician so it's a thing that you really should think about in that if you say want to turn your photography into your job you are going to not have the same kind of feelings you have about your photography when it's a job as you do now because it comes, you know, there's different parameters to it. There's a different kind of buzz to it. You're going to be working for other people. It's not just doing something for the fun of it. You're going to have to get up on days where you're not really feeling it, where you hate photography and you don't want to do it. And you have to go and do it. You have to switch it on and go and do it. There's going to be jobs that you're going to have that you're not going to enjoy doing. It's not going to be all about doing the stuff that you want to do. You know, if you want to make money, and particularly in the early parts of it, you're going to have to do you know stuff that you don't fully enjoy and so it's going to become a job and that's a very um it's a big question you have to ask yourself do you want to take this thing you love and turn it into a job and if the answer is yes brilliant but you know really do consider that so the second thing i'd like you to consider is the whole idea of how do I make money as an artist? And I think that's kind of a wrong approach in many ways, particularly in the beginning. Um, I think more an approach, a better approach to it, one that I utilized was, how do I survive as an artist? What can I do that will allow me to keep doing this for as long as possible? And so then you're not really just, you're focusing on making money. You can also then focus on what you can stop doing that will help you do it. How to reduce your cost of living. And look around at all the different things that you do and kind of look at, what can I get rid of? What subscriptions can I get rid of that will lower you know, my monthly outgoings? What things can I stop doing? Um, like if you're spending an awful lot of money on say drink or you know, drugs or cigarettes or eating out or whatever it is, look at that and go, am I willing to give that all up so that I can continue to be an artist? And one of my mantras kind of the whole way through it, particularly at the beginning was that when I got um, to the end of the month and I was able to go, uh, into the next month having everything paid, all the bills paid, you know, I'd done some jobs or I'd cut back or whatever. It was like, I can do this for another month. I get to do this for another month. And that was kind of my goal, to continue to see how long I could do it without, you know, it all falling apart. And But it really helped looking at all the things that I could sacrifice, in a sense, towards the greater good of it, rather than just a focus on how do I keep coming, you know, bringing money in, how do I do that? So have a look around at what your life is and see where you can cut back now it's not sexy it's not cool it's not the advice you want um, but it's it's definitely stuff that works if you can cut back on your cost of living it's is a lot easier to continue and to survive as an artist with an upside bonus of when you start do making money because you've cut back so much and budgeted well and are used to kind of in a sense a lower standard or 
lower cost of living. When you start making money, you feel like a king. You feel like the richest man in the world and uh, richest person in the world, excuse me. So um, yeah, have a look around and see what you can do in that regard. So this one directly follows on from the last point. And I've heard it said and read many times in different kind of personal development or success type books that, you know, pay yourself first before you do anything else. And I have to say that's, to me, I think that's terrible advice. What I advise and what I've always done is pay your bills first before you do anything else. Again, coming on to the, from the last point of being able to survive as an artist. Once you have the bills paid, then you, you know, you've spent, that's another month where you can go in and continue to be as an artist. But if you don't do that, then you're going to be building up debt. It's going to be harder to, to sustain yourself. And the whole point of it, particularly in the early things, is to, see, is to sustain your ability to remain as a creative person or as an artist. So pay your bills first, pay your rent first, pay your food bills, pay your electricity, pay your gas, all of these things before you know you pay for the holidays or you, you do whatever it is these things or before you pay yourself before you go out and have a night out or a fancy meal or you know reward yourself get all of that paid first so that you're clear and then any money that comes in after that again make you feel like the richest person in the world because you've all of the stuff done same goes for tax it's again it's a horrible thing you just have to do it and there's an interesting thing that happened to me with tax was that when i first became self-employed and in Ireland, I don't know what it's like in other countries, you don't pay your tax until the following, the end of the, the, the following year. So for last year, 2018, um, I don't have to officially pay the tax for that until like September, October of 2019. And so there's this kind of thing that when you're earning money and money is coming in, that in a sense, you're kind of getting into a bit of debt because you end up owing money, you know, the tax on that thing. And it was kind of a, a, a kind of a weird affirmation I'd given myself that I had, the more money I earned, the more I you know, was getting in debt. So I had to reframe my mind on that. And it's, I've heard from a number of people who started being self-employed. So it's obviously something that a lot of us get into our heads, that they're just so afraid in the sense of making money and then owing this huge tax bill or whatever at the end. So get that sorted, you know, put away your tax money, work out roughly what your tax is in your, in your, in your country or your local area and then put that away so that it's not a disaster then when your tax bill comes in. And keep all your seats, do all the things, you know, so that you all your expenses and have it sorted out. And what I try to do, I don't know, again, don't know if you can do it in other countries, but here you can pay your tax early or you can file your tax early and put it in. And then when, once you find out what it is, that allows you to then have a number of months to pay it off if it's more than what you expected. Or you get, you know, if you have your money put away and it comes in less than what you would expect it, then you have access to money quicker rather than just sitting there. So definitely pay your bills first before you pay yourself. A huge mistake I see people do all the time is when they're trying to get the word out on their product or their art or the film or whatever it is that they're doing. And what to do is to join a load of forums or communities and just go in and kind of spam, I have a film out, oh, here's my photos or whatever. And that is instantly disliked for everyone around it. You know yourself if you're in a group, say a Facebook group, and then someone comes in and just immediately tries to sell you something. It just, it, it's repulsive in a sense. You're, you're repulsed by that kind of a thing. So what I would advise uh, to do is join communities as, as early as possible, forums, Facebook groups, Reddit, subreddits, all of these things type of things, discords, 
and get active in these communities. Have them that they're, you know, if you're into art and they're, you know, the art reddits, if you're into photography, it's the photography uh, subreddits or forums. And, you know, participate in it and um, find out more and become part of the community. And then eventually when you have something to sell or whatever, you are in a better position to talk about it because you've built up a community kind of spirit. There's nothing worse than um, someone coming into uh, your forum or your message board and the very first thing they do is try to sell you something. I've seen them when I was admin of CMG, a lot of people used to do that. And there was never a question or uh, any kind of ban on people trying to sell their stuff. It was just that immediate thing of, and you knew they had just joined a group just to try and sell some stuff or publicize the book or whatever it is, and then they were just going to leave or whatever. It just leaves a bad taste in mouth and put me off an awful, an awful lot of people. And stuff that I may have bought or supported, I didn't because of that kind of practice. And it's so easy just to not do that. Just be part of these communities, these forums, and uh, you know, just don't spam it with your stuff earlier on. A great piece of advice, I think. This is one I wish I had uh, understood a bit earlier in my career, as I think it would have you know, saved me from an awful lot of <laughs> pain and depression and dark days. And it's the whole idea that you're not in, entitled to success and that not necessarily that whole thing of where to go, oh, when you follow your passion, you know, the weight of the universe comes behind you. And that's not necessarily true. And you can do all of the things right, and you can do your art, create your art, put your entire soul and everything into it, and no one will give a shit. And it can be very annoying and very frustrating and very upsetting to realize this, because we're kind of told, particularly from like say, new age or success books or, that kind of thing that following your passions, following your bliss will lead you to success and it doesn't always. And this thing when we have an entitlement towards it can leave us to really darkness when it doesn't happen. You know, no one cares about your art. No one has, you know, just because you do it and because you've created something wonderful from your perspective and you put all your hard work and you've done all the things, doesn't mean you're going to get anywhere or people are going to like it or any of those things. One of the worst things that ever happened to the world is this idea of build it and they will come or the Wayne's World book them and they will come as it became after that. And the whole idea of that if you do, if you follow your bliss, then it, the universe follows in and it'll all work out. And this is very big in new age circles and stuff like that. And it's not always true. And when you turn up having done, like I did with my comic, my graphic novel, Dem, and I put all of my heart and soul into it. It's one of the most um, things I'm most proud of in the world that I did this and it was really an awful lot of effort and an awful lot of time and all of that and I put it out into the world and expected the world to respond in kind to my, not necessarily my greatness, but to my effort. You know, I've shown up, here's my shiny thing, here it is, and no one cared. Literally no one cared. Not true, a handful of people cared, of course, but not in the kind of, I thought this was going to, you know, the, the, the universe would have my back and the momentum of the universe would carry me through to whatever kind of, future I was successful future I was hoping for and then the kind of feeling of it not happening and realizing that no one cares about my art uh, it's kind of weird because it put you in a position where you kind of feel sorry for yourself in a way but there's also the realize realization of how entitled you were to feel that just because you've shown up that you're entitled to success and so if you can get into your head that just because you show up just because you put in the hard work and the effort 
is not guaranteeing you or entitling you to any sort of success. I think you'll be much better off mentally. That's not to say that you shouldn't put in the effort, you shouldn't do the things, of course, and it's realizing that an awful lot of this is, is the journey uh, more than the destination and what you learn along the way, all of those kind of cliches, but it is true. And if you're solely relying on the light at the end of the tunnel to satisfy you from your creativity, from that point of view, if that's what you're looking for, then a lot of the time you will probably um, be let down. So try and get your joy and, for, and your outlet and your creativity satisfied in the process, not so much on whether other people like it or not. I know that's hard, that's, not, that's, that's so easy to say. And no one does art in a vacuum. Well, not no one, some people do make art in a vacuum that no one ever sees. But most people make art as an expression of themselves to show the world in the hope that people in some way respond. Not necessarily like it, but respond. And when they don't respond, it can be devastating. So just get into your mind that you're not entitled to success just for showing up, or you're not entitled to anything just for showing up. And uh, you'll be, if you're like me, if you have the same kind of brain that I do, then you will be much better off mentally. So this is another one that I wish I'd learned earlier on in my life. And it's kind of this idea of that while it's good to have a vision and a plan and a kind of a, a way forward for yourself, you know, how you see it and all that, to not hold on so tightly onto that because in that kind of way you can be limiting yourself or holding yourself back. For instance, with me, for a long while all I wanted to do was write comics and draw comics and that was my, how I wanted to express myself and that's how I thought would be the best thing for, way for me to express myself. And I found, you know, a lot of satisfaction in that but ultimately wasn't satisfied because of that whole thing I talked about the uh, entitlement of, you know, and not getting the reward that I felt for showing up and doing those things. And it kind of held me back because I, I was kind of going, well this is what I see as art and that's going nowhere and so I'm just, that's just a failure, the whole thing. And then I kind of pulled back from that and just went into a more kind of less resistance way or less kind of steadfast way of looking at it. it goes, well, what other art can I do? Well, how can I express myself in other ways that aren't necessarily just comics? And from that, the 40 Servants came and all that, that came after. But it was only when I kind of let go with the rigidity of only wanting to do comics and could see myself, you know, widening my scope of what I was willing to do or would find enjoyment from that uh, that kind of opened up for me and I enjoy it way more to what I'm doing now the art I'm doing now than I did back then not to say I'll never do comics again because I, I certainly think I will but it'll be a very different approach and one very less kind of as I say rigid or you know too many boundaries and too many rules or you know just too strict a vision of what I could be or what I could how I could express myself so while it's great and always is to have a vision have a roadmap or have something how you want to express yourself and what way you want to express yourself don't close the door to other things don't be so steadfast and rigid in your plan or in your goal that you miss the opportunity of expressing yourself in ways that from your perspective right now you don't even know are a much better and more satisfying way of expressing yourself final piece of advice that I can offer you is to, to just look after yourself, look after your health, look after your mental well-being and all of these things. It's very hard life as an artist because you're putting yourself out there in a way that most people don't. 
when you're being creative and you're laying your soul to bear or you're putting so much of your own expression into something it can be quite devastating when people destroy it or laugh at it or put it down or just don't give it the attention that you're hoping for and it's a brave thing to be an artist to put yourself out like that but it also comes with the cost of that it makes you that little bit more susceptible to outside influence maybe particularly now with social media where it's just so easy for people to laugh or destroy or put people down and be anonymous behind it and they find it more easy to be nasty to people because they're not doing it to their faces so if you pursue your life as, a, as an artist, which I hope you do, because it can be quite rewarding, just look after yourself, look after your mental health, look after um, your general well-being and try to enjoy the journey and your vocation as much as you can and don't let the bastards grind you down because more than all of the other things that I've talked about, that is the thing that will mostly destroy you in the end. You know, Just do your thing and don't be afraid to do your thing. and don't care what other people do or say around you. So I hope all of that helps and uh, send me your art and send me some of your stuff and I'll have a look at it. I'd always, always look forward to seeing other people's creations. Magical anchors are a very simple but extremely effective way of getting you quickly into the right headspace for a magical ritual or get it, getting you into that wizardy type feeling or that all-powerful magician feeling that you need to, you know, affect change in the world. It works in the principle that we associate things like smell and music or sounds with emotional states. Think of it this way. How often in your life have you walked into a room and suddenly you are you know, bombarded with a smell and it immediately brings you back to a time in your childhood or to your grandmother's house or some other memory, maybe one summer you know, of the forest or something like that where you went on holidays and you're immediately transported back there as if you're there and a load of memories come flooding back in. Or the same for a song that you haven't heard in a long while that you listened to an awful lot in the past and it would bring you back straight back to that era when you were listening to it maybe again you know to some time in your life that you know had a heavy association with that music so it's working on that principle so the idea is that every time you do something magical every time you do a ritual or like say your sigils your offerings your prayers or whatever it is that you're doing you will listen to a piece of music or have a certain smell going so that every time you smell that smell or hear that music it quickly gets you back into that state of magical being so to start it off it's basically as simple as every time you do magic listen to it listen to the music or uh, you know burn the incense or whatever it is you're using but try to as much as possible build yourself up to that ecstatic kind of magical gnosis feeling that you can you know feel as as powerful as you can as you know as if you are an agent of change or an effective you know cause of change in the world and really get as much as you can into that headspace and then over the course of a, of a while when you're doing this every day or you know should be every day you know but if you're not doing it every day every time you do uh, some sort of magic you will start to associate the music or the smell with it so that even beginning to hear the music or smelling the smell you will start getting into that headspace straight away it's kind of like Pavlov's dog where you know the dogs come out to ring the bell every time the food comes out so that eventually when they ring the bell the dogs start to salivate so it's the same idea it's conditioning association and triggering a couple of things that you should be uh, wary of if you're going to use music for it it shouldn't be a piece of music that you would want to listen to outside of ritual because you should only use this trigger when you're doing magic. So try to avoid anything that you might hear on the radio or a song that you would like to hear an awful lot. 
you know, outside magic, it's not one of your favorite songs. So a particular piece of classical music might work or certain drone or certain soundscape might work better than a song because it's more likely to hear that. I use like a, an organ kind of playing sound and that there's no chance that I will hear that in my day-to-day -day life. And as soon as I hear that sound, it almost immediately gets me in, you know, into a magic kind of trancey state. If you're using um, smell, again, try to get something that you will only associate with your ritual, with your magic as well. So stuff like citrus smells probably won't work so well because you're more likely to come across them in your day-to-day -day life. Possibly a blend or a fairy kind of lesser known incense, but something that, will only, that you will only smell when you're in the ritual. And then from then on, so when you do rituals from now on, you will have this extra bonus trigger that will help quickly get you into the state that you need to get into. So let me know how you get on with it. I find it really effective. I find it very powerful. And I, as soon as I say, as soon as I hear that music, it immediately starts putting me into that kind of magical state that from then I can work towards whatever is my desire or my goal at that point. So try it out. Let me know what you think. So that's another episode, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, and you want to know more, you want to find out more about me or the topics or any of these things, then you can go to adventuresinwooboo.com and that'll bring you to my website. And on this, um, you'll find a host of blogs, a host of links to uh, my videos, the old podcasts, the different resources to the four sevens, to four devils, how to support me, different new support page. Um, to keep this work going and to keep uh, letting me up my game and stuff like that. You can join the Patreon. All of the stuff is over in Adventures in Woo Woo. Even if you're new to magic, there's a whole magic primer section. So, you know, just jump in there and see what you can find. Or just message me. Find me on the social medias. I'm on most of them. Tommy Kelly usually could be Tommy Kelly Artist. Depends on the platform. So, good people of the internet, may you have a wonderful week. May you find that the universe has your back and that you walk out into the world feeling fearless and powerful. Be well.